and welcome back to the Densic 20 podcast series on mindfulness and sustainability. In four different podcasts, whereas each of them addresses a different topic, you will learn from a wide range of different people about the connection between mindfulness and sustainability and how we can change our behavior into being more aware of our surrounding so that we are more sustainable. Today we're going to talk about consumerism. In a world of constant consumerism, there's a strong urge in society to slow down, think and evaluate our choices. We will learn about the beauty of slow living and minimalism, dip into thought about the circular economy and waste reduction. Can we use this knowledge as a tool to create awareness for ourselves and others on the topic? Discover potential life hacks on how to reduce consumption in your daily life and get inspired on how to make green living easy. Small changes or even just a mindset change can lead to a positive impact on our planet. This episode is going to be an interview with Rita, one of our Danzig members, and Brian Traum. We met Brian Traum at his store Eco Ego in Copenhagen, but he's also been an active speaker and regular host of workshops about sustainable consumption, which are filled with tips and tricks on how to lead a greener lifestyle. We got inspired by his deep knowledge within the field and even more so when getting to know him on a personal level. He really practices what he preaches. Let's learn how to be a more conscious consumer. Hello, kind people, and welcome to one of the podcasts for the Danzig 20 event. We hope you are as excited about the podcast as we are. My name is Rita, and today I have the pleasure to talk about consumerism with our guest, Brian Traum. He is the founder of the sustainable shop EcoEgo, and he is also a green lifestyle expert and sustainability consultant. We are so happy to have him here. Hi, Brian. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Thanks for having me. Um, like you mentioned, I'm founder of EcoEco, Green Living Made Easy, which is a, a green lifestyle store. I started EcoEco in 2008, but really um, for, for a long time, I've been sort of uh, adjusting my life to be able to live a more sustainable lifestyle. And that included my work and my studies. I'm originally from the U.S. and I've been living in Denmark for 24 years, have a family here, have been studying and working here and trying to do what I can to, to live more uh, sustainably uh, greener, reduce my footprint. I would say that's a good way to, to live our lives in a more sustainable way. Um, I know you prepared something for us today. Uh, do you want to start with that? Sure. Um, before we talk more about uh, responsible consumerism or sustainable consumerism, I'd like to tell you a little bit about my dream world. In my dream world, there is beautiful nature. There are snow-capped mountains and deep, lush forests teeming with life, plants and animals, the sound of insects and birds. There is a world full of people living in peace 
and security working together to create livable cities, to grow clean, healthy food, and to just create a society that nurtures us and a culture that nurtures us. This is my dream world. And this is sort of the basis for what motivates me in the work I do and the way I live my life. So I would like you who are listening to take a moment and close your eyes and picture your own dream world. You have a blank canvas and you can create the world that you dream of. What does it look like? How does it sound? How do people look and move around and interact? What do you see when you look out the window? What do you hear? So open your eyes. How many of you in your dream world had a climate crisis where the climate that sustains life on our planet was on the brink of collapsing to a point where we would possibly not survive how we know it any longer. I did in my dream world, and I don't think any of you did. How many of you had a dream world with child labor, human trafficking, war and instability, poverty, stress? Not in my dream world, and I'm sure not in your dream world. So if we don't dream of this, if these are not the visions of a world we want to live in, that we have as part of our existence, why do we live in a world with these things? How does it exist if that nobody would want a world with these things in it? Nobody dreams of it. I believe it's because somewhere along the line, something broke and we've either accepted or allowed this to happen. And we do that by making decisions in our everyday that allow that to happen. What we buy, where we shop, where we bank, how we interact with people, how we answer a question that someone asks us. Is it with compassion or anger? So these decisions we make on a daily basis, every day through our lives, create the world we live in. So if we want to change that world and change these things that are wrong, we need to be more aware of the impact that our actions have and then adjust our lives accordingly. Wow, that was inspiring, <laughs> to say the least. It's what has inspired me, this kind of reflection to make changes in my life, to try to live with a smaller footprint and um, understand the impact that my, my decisions and my, my consumerism, bringing it back to consumerism, has on the world around me. Yeah, because when you were talking, I was wondering, where did this motivation came from and also the motivation to open your shop? Well, like I said, for a long time, when I, when I think back, I don't immediately think, oh, I've always been an activist. But then I think back of what I did when I was a kid. And I remember we would have the, you know, 
these as groups at the school, we would have trucks that went around and collected recyclables. And this, there were no community recycling programs at the time. It was because people were throwing their newspapers away. So we said, we're going to collect newspapers. Newspapers started producing their, their papers with recycled newsprint paper. You know, so this was, you know, something that happened because people started collecting the old newspapers. They could recycle them and turn them into new newspapers instead of using trees. So, so this was in the 70s, 1970s. And that was when I was a kid. And I was just a regular kid. This was what we were doing. It was kind of a more activistic period, I think, you know, late 60s, early 70s. And then, I, I mean, I had the same, you know, sort of material dreams for a long time as, a, as an older kid and as a young teenager. Um, but then I started spending more time in nature, hiking, camping, even mountain biking after, you know, later on. But that time in nature started connecting me to something which I didn't understand very much, but it just became a stronger feeling. And then I started realizing what I did in nature had an impact. You know, if you throw your garbage in nature, it's going to sit there. No one's going to come and clean up after you. And I was doing these cleanups in the city and then hiking and seeing garbage in nature. I adopted a, like a philosophy of leave it cleaner than when you got there. It could be sitting in a park, having a picnic, but also hiking. If I found garbage, you know, on, on this trail, I would take it out with me or with my friends also. I mean, it wasn't just me, but we made this decision. So we changed our, our habits there. And when you get out of the forest, you're back in your everyday life and you see these same things happening on a bigger scale. And, and so slowly, you know, I started, what can I do? Started thinking about, you know, th this impact and seeing it's not just me, it's everyone, you know, maybe I pick something up, but then I see someone throw something down on the ground and how, you know, it became a sort of a frustration and a challenge of how I could sort of change my everyday habits and the way I live my life to have less of an impact on the planet because the relationships between the planet and how it nurtures us also became clear. When you look at things on a global perspective and you see air pollution, in the 80s and 90s, acid rain was a really big thing. Like hundreds of year old statues in Europe, I'm in the States and we it was a problem, but seeing reports of these old statues deteriorating because of acid rain and what we were trying to do to clean the air we're breathing and seeing yeah, just the scale of the consumption of fossil oil and what it was doing to the climate, all these things, you know, you, you ponder it and your head almost explodes. And so I wanted to learn more about it. I started studying about it and went to university to study about sustainability, but also said, you know, if I want to do something about it in my life, I need to, to make some drastic changes. So I started the way changing the way I consume. I changed what I did for work to sort of align. I mean, some people will say this is very extreme, but for me, it was a passion I wanted to do extremely. And since I wanted to change the way I consumed to have less of an impact, I was frustrated over the lack of things that were available on the market that I knew existed, 
but weren't in Denmark. And I was living in Denmark at the time. So I had the opportunity. I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to do something about it and said, well, I can't be the only one who wants to change the way I consume things. And there must be other people. I'll start a shop that makes these things available to people so they can reduce their footprint, change the way they consume. And to be honest, I did start a similar but much smaller shop with a friend in the U.S. in 1995 when the assortment was much less, but there were still things we could do differently. There's always been a focus on food, and I thought we need things in our everyday lives to, to, to make the bigger change. I think uh, this kind of shops, it's what we need as a population in order to actually change our habits, it's to have access to this kind of thing. And um, I wanted to thank you for being one of, one of the people that actually go and open this kind of uh, shops that allow us that are concerned about the environment to shop in a more mindful way. But I was wondering that uh, it's kind of ironic how we are inviting a shop owner that depends on people consuming to have a business. Uh, but you were saying the other day that with all this COVID-19 situation, you were both happy and sad. And of course, you were sad because you are losing uh, customers and you're losing some of your revenue. But you were also happy because it is an opportunity for people to realize that they don't need to consume so much. How do you think uh, we got at this point of constant consumerism and how can you change that? Well, I'd like to start by putting my shop in perspective. I'm very open about where my shop fits in this idea of being a mindful consumer or more sustainable consumer. The best thing you can do as a consumer is to not buy anything. If you don't need it, don't buy it. And the second best thing you can do is if you need something, use what's already there. Use something that's secondhand, share, repair, borrow, lend to your neighbor if you have something they need. We've produced so much already, we need to use that. That's the second best thing you can do. And if you need something new, then buy something that's, that's socially and environmentally responsible. And that's where the, my shop and businesses like mine fit in. So we're sort of your last resort if you want to be a mindful consumer. So it's all about really reducing the amount we consume. But we do consume. And that's where the irony comes in, like we had talked about. Because it's, it's a terribly challenging time we have right now with COVID-19 and the coronavirus spreading all over the world. And my business is not the only business that's losing revenue. I wish we had acted in a similar way of taking a, a, a step towards sort of slowing down society a long time ago and in response to our climate crisis and environmental challenges. I wish we had done that because we're experiencing now what it's like to spend more time with the family, have time to reflect on what's important and what's not important. We see the earth. Re you can almost see the rejoice of, of the, our impact. Our footprint has been reduced substantially. Our CO2 impact, our consumption impact. We're just not buying as much as we did before. That is a good thing. 
So what I hope is that when we sort of reboot society, we've learned a little bit and can maybe take some greener steps forward and keep some of these things we've learned about that we can survive with less. We can reduce our stress levels by having time to reflect. But how did we get there? Is like you asked. I think somewhere along the line, we bought into this illusion that material things are what make us happy. The more we can have, the the happier we are. Part of this, I think, is because we trusted things like advertisements and marketers who had something to sell, didn't care about its effect on the environment or on us, but had a product they needed to sell. And we trusted them when they said, you know, when you when you see old ads of doctors saying, I'm a doctor and I smoke this brand of cigarette, you know, there there's something wrong there. And we trusted it. We trusted and bought into this idea of, hey, that's something I need. And that's something I need. And that's something I need. And that's something I need. It will make me happy. You know, these beautiful people in their sports cars, driving around, drinking this brand of whatever and going to this place. It's all about image and and an illusion of happiness. And we bought it. So we end up wanting more. So we work more. So we can have more. And then we need a bigger place to put more stuff in. And then we get stressed because we're working and working and working. And then we're just being told that we need more by these, by the media. And then we're in this loop of stress and overconsumption, planet destruction, and, you know, destroying the lives of of millions of people because they're the ones who are supporting our habit of addiction to consumption. And it's a terrible habit to have to break, but we need to break it. So you would say, and now bringing our theme, the theme of our event, uh, that people need to be more mindful when uh, living their lives and seeing these advertisements in order to think, oh, this is made to make me want to consume and I need to step away from that. So that's basically what you're trying to say, that we need to be more mindful in order to be more sustainable. Absolutely. Um... We need to be able to reflect on what really makes us happy in our lives. If we're missing something or something needs to be improved, we need to be aware of that. And we also need to be aware and honest of the impacts that our choices have. Um, So absolutely, we need to be more mindful. We need to be here now aware of that what we do has an impact. On top of that, I think we have to, if we really want to make a change, we have to really be willing to make change and we have to really want to make change. And if we're, if we want to, if we say we really, really, I want to change, I want to reduce my footprint, I want to be a more mindful consumer and and reduce the negative impact or maybe promote the positive impact I'm having on the in world we live in. We also have to be willing to maybe make some extreme changes or hard changes that we don't think about when we say, I want to change. Oh, but that's too hard. We have to be willing to go over our comfort 
boundaries and maybe make some extreme changes. So people might think, oh, but I, I don't want to have to sit and meditate in order to make these changes, you know. So I would say being a mindful consumer isn't just about sitting and meditating on how can I, you know, a lot of people have this idea of what mindfulness is and they're like, oh, it's, you know, so hocus pocus and oh, well, for me, it's more about being aware of the consequences and you can achieve that awareness through contemplation or you can also seek the knowledge because you want to be aware of the consequences. And there's a lot of information out there. That's what I do and a lot of other people do is try to share this information so people can become aware. Then they can also reflect on it. You know, it's also, it's like a, a, a achieving it from models. What can we do? What are the consequences? And like I said, making these sometimes small changes, but also sometimes being willing to make the big changes. And if you're not ready for some of these changes, at least you're aware of the consequences. And then it's up to you to say, okay, I know if I do this, it has this effect, but I'm not in my at that place in my life where I can make that change now, but I'm aware of it. One day, maybe I can do that. Maybe I'll never achieve that level, but I can do this now. And then I can do this the next day. You know, we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all live in our reality where we have to make choices and, and live our everyday lives. But it's about being aware of these consequences and dealing with them, reflecting on them, and figuring out what you can do in your own life. I think um, it is important that each of us as an individual um, makes these changes uh, to have an impact. However, a lot of our listeners may be wondering, I'm just one person and I can't have that much of a big impact. How do we impact ourselves and uh, how we make other people also joining us on our journey? Well, I think it's important to remember that just like every, well, every action has a reaction. Everything we do has an impact. And if we're focusing on the, the negative things, if I choose this or buy this or consume in this way, it has this negative impact. We also have to remember that every little action that we make that's positive also has an impact. The little things, everything matters. The little things matter, the big things matter. Because the, if, if the little negative impact matters, then the little positive impact also matters. And sometimes we get worried about that, that it's insignificant. Nothing is insignificant, you know? Um, so doing those small changes in your, in your life makes a difference. And sometimes it takes those small successes in our lives. Like, I don't want to use this as a, a huge example because I think we, it's not all about recycling, but if we have waste, we need to do something with it. And if you sort and recycle your waste, which you do need to reduce the amount of waste you create in the first place, but what you have, you need to do something with. If you do that and you have a success in that, and you're like, oh, now I've done that. It motivates you to do the next thing. And how do we bring more people into it? We tell people about it. Share your success stories. Be an example. Take some of the things you're doing in your own life 
to work and to school and see if you can implement some of those changes there. Because the more we show people that we can be successful in these positive changes in our consumerism and in our way of living, and that has a good impact on the planet, on people and, and society, then will be that motivation of positive examples instead of doomsday negative examples. So it's about sharing. We have to do this together. It's not about doing it myself. I'm in my apartment, I'm in my home, and my family is doing this. We need to broaden our perspective and be inclusive and motivate people wherever we are. Not not be like a little militant. Oh, you didn't do you did you didn't sort that or you were eating that and oh I see you're wearing that and be negative. But if we make those changes ourselves and you know just share, you know, I mean we're doing it to create a positive change to a better world, not a terrible world, you know. And when we feel that and we feel these changes in our own lives, we can you know radiate this positiveness to others and that could be an inspiration to to others joining in do you think it's easy for us to to change to a greener lifestyle is there an easy way to do it there are easy things we can do but i don't think it's an easy change because you know i mentioned before i think we're in this uh, state of habits And the state of we understand our world to be a certain way and functioning a certain way. And in order to make the big changes, we need some of these structures that we're comfortable in need to change. The way we, our transportation and energy sources, those are big things that really need to change that require structural change, government support and industri industrial change. Um, and those are difficult things because there's a lot of interest in keeping the system the way it is. So we also, again, as the small individual or these groups of people that are blossoming that want a, a greener world, we have a responsibility to sort of poke at that system and push to change that system while we're at the same time making these easy changes in our everyday I say easy changes. I mean, this, this is when we're being a more mindful consumer. When we're in the shop and you're choosing between two products, is this, is this one safe for the environment? Is it safe for my health? Was it responsible to the people who produced this so I can consume it? And getting the knowledge so you can make those kinds of choices allows you to make those small changes in your life. You know, buying secondhand, reducing your consumption, changing your diet. There's some big things we can do in our lives. Like everybody talks about not flying um, when you go on holiday or changing your diet. I mean, these are things. So, so we reduce the amount of animal products in our diet. These are definite things. It's not like propaganda. It's not some hidden agenda to, to make everybody vegan. It's real things we can do to change our impact on the planet. And then we need to sort of make the big, small changes, the big changes, um, support ecological products, fair trade products, where you know that people and nature and the environment are being taken into consideration, but overall reducing our consumption and poke, vote, you know, vote. If, if the politicians, and this is not a party issue, 
if the politicians we have are not making the decisions on the broader scale to support this transition to a greener world, a more ethical world, then we need to find politicians who will, because it requires sort of achieving it from both levels. You can also start a group at school and start a group at work that can maybe draw more people into making these changes outside of your home, but where you work, where you go to school, where you study. So you have a group of people that can look at what changes can we make? What are their experiences? Um, and then sharing that with even more people at work. I mean, so it's not like one person, a one person struggle, you know, the more we can draw into making these positive changes and what we can do to work together. So we're not getting the stress over, Oh, I have so much, I can't achieve it. You know, we're, the more we work together, the more we involve others, the greater our chances of success. I love that. And I love that you talked about actually uh, how our actions can impact big corporations and the politicians. I think we can finish by you maybe giving us three examples of things to do in our day-to-day -day life that can actually make an impact. Let's start with the small things you can do. Small things that will give you a sense of success and happiness that you're making these changes in your life. One, carry a bag around with you wherever you go, or two or three. So whenever you go shopping, you actually have a bag and do not have to buy a plastic or paper or whatever bag at the register. It's a small thing, but even now you can get recycled bags, recycled plastic or recycled paper. It's still production, consumption, and either they sit in a pile and never get used again, or you use them again. Take your own bag, preferably one made out of something like organic cotton or recycled materials. So you're also reducing the impact of the bag that you're carrying around, but bring your own bags with you. Easy and simple way to have a success in your everyday life. Bring your own water with you in a reusable water bottle instead of buying bottled water. I still see so many people buying bottled water, which is, first of all, not any healthier for you than tap water if you live in a place where the tap water is clean like Denmark, and definitely an extreme environmental sinner. At the same time, there are companies that are trying to own rights to water in areas where people actually don't have enough drinking water, safe, clean drinking water for their societies. So you're supporting big companies that actually want to be able to bottle water from areas where people actually need water just to survive. And so bring your own water bottle, big climate impact, big uh, social responsibility impact. And again, choose a bottle that's made out of some eco-friendly and also safe to drink from materials. You can use a glass jar. The best, you know, if you have like a tall, like sometimes you can get tomato sauce or juice in a glass bottle, use that. 
bring that with you. You have a, a recycled, you don't have to go out and buy a new drinking bottle, says the guy who sells drinking bottles, but use a recycled drinking bottle. But try not to buy a water bottle first and then reuse it because you're still giving your money to a company you shouldn't be giving your money to. So the, these are simple things. Compost, inside, outside. You can have a worm compost under your kitchen sink and compost your food waste. Use it in your house plants or in your window garden or in your back garden. You know, So you can compost your food waste and it's fun and you can play with worms and there are small things you can do. Buy secondhand clothes. You can... If you can't buy secondhand clothes, buy ecological clothes, fair trade, fair, fairly produced clothing. Be happy. Spend time in nature. Sit under a tree every once in a while and just be there. Listen to the birds. Go for a walk in a park. If you don't live by the woods, just be outside and listen to what's happening around you in the natural world. Birds in a park, bees buzzing. So th these are things you can do. Bigger scale, change the way you transport yourself around. Bike if you can, take public transportation if you can. Don't use your car as much and don't fly as much. One of the biggest things you can do is reduce the amount of meat products and animal products you use that you use in your diet, consume in your diet, but also that you wear. It's still an environmental impact wearing leather, for example, and eating leather. They're, 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 it's the same animal it's coming from with the same environmental impact. Um, and it's a big one, and it's a tough one that people sort of put up a wall and say, oh, yeah, I mean, I can't change my diet. You don't have to become vegetarian or vegan, but reducing the amount that you consume can have a huge impact. For yourself as one person, you'll notice positive changes right off the bat. I, I promise you'll see how, how good it can be. But globally, if we made that kind of change globally, we would have a huge impact on the, the social and climate issues on this planet. And then again, use your money wisely. Choose where you shop. Choose how you shop. Vote to make change. If you live in a democracy, you're, you're given a gift. Use that gift to make that change that you want. And again, realize like from the, the beginning with the little exercise we did, we're here now. Every decision we make either supports that, the creation of that dream world we want to live in, or it supports this sort of illusion that we're living in and not creating our dream world supporting these these processes that create instability and in, injustice and poverty and, and you know we we have those choices and my description of the dream world and the things you envisioned in yours unless you're dreaming of some sci-fi sci future where we're floating in, you know, sort of bubble cars and things like that. My dream world with this nature and people working together, that exists today. That is the world we live in today. 
We just need to nurture that. There are examples of that everywhere you look. We need to focus on that and realize this world exists. It's not about creating it. It's about nurturing it. And um, yeah, so I think that those would be my tips and, and advice for making these changes. Or come visit and we can talk about these things. That's why I have a physical shop is because for me, it's not just about the selling, but it's having a place where people can share ideas and experiences and frustrations and this doesn't work. What can I do? And, and together we can have these conversations and, and help each other sort of take things to the next level and the next level and the next level. I think the main takeaway is to visit Brian's shop, EcoEgo, but only if it's necessary. Um, Brian, is there any uh, final message you want to leave to our listeners? Um, I think, remember, we're doing this because the world is a beautiful place and we want to keep it that way. Be aware of, of your choices and the impacts they have. And, and, and yeah, remember you're not alone. You know, a lot of people are working towards these same things. Let's be together on this and, and then we have a better chance of achieving it. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much for being here, Brian. If our listeners are interested in Brian's shop, they can visit the physical store uh, in the heart of Copenhagen or visit his online shop at ecoego.uk. For those of you who don't know how to spell, that's ecoego.uk. You can also check Ecozego's social media. There are some informative and funny videos out there. And if you want to see more of Brian, you can stick around at Basic event because we may bring him back soon. Thank you, Brian, once again for talking with us. And thank you, dear audience, for listening to us. In this episode, we took a trip into our dream world with Brian Traum. He shared his motivations to open a shop and how he became a green lifestyle advocate and for us to do the same, sharing with us his tips for a greener lifestyle and making us realize that individual actions do matter. Next time, we're going to talk about food with four very interesting guests with very different backgrounds. Have you ever thought about the impact your food has or what mindful eating is? Well, stay tuned for our next episode. If you haven't already done so, we would like to invite you to take part in our survey, which you can find in our Danzig Facebook community. Here you can also get engaged into discussions on sustainability and mindfulness. If you do not use Facebook and still want to be part of the Danzig journey, sign up via the Eventbrite link. You will find both of these links in our bio. A massive thanks to Tourbox Fund for its generous financial support, as well as to the University of Copenhagen's SunHub Incubator, where we could have our weekly meetings over the last year, and as well to Triple M Records for music and sound engineering. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Be mindful and keep washing your hands during the global pandemic. And make sure to subscribe to this channel. You can find us also on Spotify and SoundCloud, Facebook and LinkedIn under Danzig minus Danish Social Innovation Club and on Instagram under Danzig underscore Instagram. See you in the next episode.